0: Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I'm your host, Ken Seymour. Today we have a fantastic conversation lined up for you. We have an actor from stage and screen, Mr. Eben Anthony. Thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Hey, well, hello, Ken. How are you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> i am fantastic i hopefully you are the same have you been uh have you been in preparing for the upcoming most important holiday of the year where you get to give out uh candy to random people on the street
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it i'm looking uh, forward to dressing up
0: that is a lot of fun i, I, yeah. I get, every year i get to pick something that nobody recognizes and makes me sad for the rest <laughs> of the I'm always excited to talk to somebody, uh, especially somebody that um, can give a slightly different perspective on on the industry and and the and in uh, the way that you uh, approach to it. And what I kind of mean by that is, um, you did not originally start uh, with acting as a career choice, right? You originally studied for a more scientifically grounded career. Uh,
1: that's right. So uh, I'm an engineer. And I started off going to graduate school in engineering. And when I graduated, you know, I was like, you know what, uh, now I'm kind of settled. Uh, let me actually try per, you know, pursuing my passion, uh, which is acting. And that's how I ended up here.
0: So you're originally from India. Um, that's right. So when you got exposed to theater and television, was it, uh, it was it primarily from stuff produced in India? Did you get kind of an international exposure? Where did your where did your love for the the material come from to begin with?
1: Well, I grew up watching regional films, of course, but then you know, like great films like Castaway, Titanic, like all those big films. You know, I still remember Titanic is the first romantic film I ever watched, and that made a huge impact on me. Like films in general and i was always interested in arts and sports but then you know the society i was raised you know more preference was given to education so i had to pursue my education and i did not have a whole lot of opportunities there to actually study acting uh you know when i go to school and stuff like that so it has to be something uh different from school
0: that, that makes sense well you know c- being not somebody that has had the distinct uh, pleasure of being able to travel as extensively as I would have liked. I always got the impression, uh, especially with Bollywood being such a a, a big um, a big presence and having such a lot of uh, rich history in what they made, I, I would have thought that there would be a, a, a greater uh, embracing of that kind of thing in India.
1: Well, Bollywood is huge. Uh, it's got a name for itself in world cinema. But, you know, a lot of people, they think Bollywood is just like a commercial movie where they have like a bunch of people dancing. It's like a musical movie. Only like 10, 15% of the films are made that way. There are great films with great stories and great actors. And, you know, most of the actors aren't like formally trained. And you don't have a whole lot of uh, opportunities to actually seek formal training in acting. So they go overseas to different countries, learn acting and come back.
0: That's that's kind of awesome. Was there somebody that uh, I mean, you mentioned a couple of the big films. What were there specific actors that really influenced you? Uh, either that uh, American listeners would be um, aware of, or maybe some people that they wouldn't be aware of. Who were these people, and and how did they kind of help give you that that interest?
1: So uh, while growing up, uh, there are these two huge actors in India. Uh, one of them uh his name is regini kant he's he's so stylish and he's known for his style and then there's this other other actor called kamal Hassan i mean he's phenomenal he's like he's like a whole different uh level he can play 10 different characters in the same film and they're 10 different like all together you can't even seek resemblance in any any one character and that's in india and then you come to the US and you have like Amazing actors like Tom Hanks, DiCaprio, uh, Denzel Washington. So, I mean, you grow up watching these great actors, and you know, you just dream of being one. You uh, know, like one like them.
0: Have you had a chance in your delving so far to be exposed to any of these individuals who you've had a chance? Um- had um, appreciated their work. Have you had a chance to to introduce or or maybe glean a little parcel of information, a little little bit of uh, advice from anybody yet?
1: No, I watched their uh, interview. I watched their interviews a lot, but I wa I've seen Kama Hassan from like uh, like hundred meters away. I was like, oh yeah, he's there, but I never had an opportunity to talk to them in person.
0: Well, I'm sure that eventually, you know, things and you know crossing fingers. If things go well, somebody else will think the exact same thing of you <laughs> down the road. <laughs> One of the things that really interested me the most in looking at at what you've done, uh, I do my best in, in trying to research and look through things. And, you know, as much as IMDb is great, it's very incomplete and you have to kind of dig and find, especially if there's international things. You've, you've done a lot of voice work, uh, that really sounded interesting uh making uh doing the voices i'm i'm a huge fan of anime and anytime you take the voices from the original source material and get english actors to overdub that it's it's a really it's a different experience mm-hmm. so how did you get into doing something like that uh for the cartoons uh, uh for the programs in uh in india
1: so uh they had this a uh, huge cartoon channel coming up uh, in in my regional language, and they were seeking actors or voiceover actors, if, if you may well say. Uh, you know, they were auditioning for them, and I I just went there and you know tried some different voices. They're like, you know what? I'm gonna shortlist you. And then uh, you know I was I wasn't really into it at first, and then once things started getting heated up, I was like, man, this is so awesome because you are really acting in the studio. What? So it's it's my first professional uh, gig, if you really ask.
0: That's really kind of cool. What was there one that was your favorite? Did you was there one that you were, are kind of already familiar with that you got to voice a character from, or maybe uh, that you're exposed to? It's like, oh, I didn't even know this existed, and then you got to do the voice work for it, and then you know g- gained an appreciation for it afterwards.
1: Well, when I first started, you know, I I would you know speak with my nose closed.
0: Hey, my name is Simon Anthony.
1: I start talking like that, and all of a sudden, I could have like different uh, tones of the same voice, like different pitches. I can go, like, you know, who I am talking to. <laughs> so I, that it was fun, and it, it, any voice I like did, it would actually match up with the character. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun, and then we had all these Hollywood films and stuff like that actually being, you know, dubbed into my regional language and i still remember uh, this movie called g-force with a bunch of uh, hamsters and uh you know guinea pigs yeah and uh, it was so much fun to dub for one of the one of the characters i think if i'm not mistaken the character's name is uh blade or blake <laughs> so- uh, yeah so it, it was it was a lot of fun and you know i think that uh, without knowing uh, that was my first step towards acting, I
0: guess. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really kind of a cool thing. Uh, now, a lot of times, the, the the experiences of a voice actor will vary from, um, from place to place, whoever's putting it together. Now, was your experience that you were kind of isolated and that you uh, read the lines individually to be able to put it in there, or did you have somebody to work off of in the process?
1: It was usually when they, when they did that, you'd be in a studio, and then you'd be by yourself and, you know, they'll actually play uh, the video in front of you and they'll show you what the dialogue is. And, you know, you have a script or a size in front of you and you know what you're going to speak. And, and then first they'll, you know, uh, play the video with the sound and then, then they'll mute the video and then you talk uh, in accordance uh, with their mouth or their, how the lips move.
0: That's uh it seems like it would present its own challenges. I mean, especially if you're if you're going into this as your first thing and trying to get into the headspace to be able to to transition the character that already exists with the existing performance. How do you approach trying to not only maintain the essence of what that original performance was, but also I have to expect that in certain circumstances there's a bit of a cultural divide and being able mm-hmm. to still give that performance in a way that the original intent will come over to the people that would listen to it locally.
1: So what personally worked for me, I don't just go in right away and just start, you know, reading the sides I have. I watch the entire if it's a movie, I watch the entire movie or like a, a cartoon. And then I see what how how it feels and what the character does for the like whatever I do for acting now, that's exactly what I do break the script down and then you know oh, I find this is how because you'll have a phenomenal performance on screen but if I mess up with my voice I mean it's it's completely waste you know so mm-hmm. uh, that's what I personally do I try to uh, at least jump to all my scenes and see you know what, what the character arc is and you know why he responds the way he responds and stuff like that
0: so okay so you, you do this voice work and then you eventually transition you come over to the United States to continue your degree into um an advanced degree that the vast majority of Americans don't really understand what it is in the first place with systems <laughs> engineering that can mean so many different things how did you go from that to uh transitioning into more direct acting roles
1: so uh even when I was in school, I would still do do like dance shows and stuff like that. Oh. And uh, when I was in school here in Missouri, you know, I, after a dance show, uh, one audience member came up to me and I was like, man, you're really good. I wish you pursued this. And I was like, I mean, dance is, is an art form. It's a way of acting too. And then I was like, maybe after I graduated, after I'm financially settled a little bit, probably I should, you know, at least, you know, Give it a try so that I don't have any regrets in my future, right? So I come down here in New Orleans, have, have a steady job, uh, financially settled, you know what, I was like, you know what, let me give it a try. That's how I end up in uh, New York Film Academy, uh, in Los Angeles campus. And after the, after the acting workshop, I was convinced that, man, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So, you know, then I've been taking classes uh, with some amazing acting uh, coaches and, you know, to be the best you train with the best, right? So I train with great acting coaches, uh, like Larry Moss, Tim Phillips, James Dumont, uh, Jim Cleason, all those great coaches. I mean, these coaches, if you look at the resume, uh, DiCap- you know, Larry Moss was Dicaprio's, uh, coach for aviator. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And then I think that kind of helped me transition to like the real acting, I believe. Uh, And then ever since I've been auditioning, I've been, you know, doing short films, student films, uh, you know, being busy, being busy and then uh, spoken came through the first audition after, uh, after COVID, Mm -hmm. you know, productions were closed and, you know, instead of, being uh sad and you know depressed, I was like, you know what, this is the right time to actually double up on my training and then, you know, kind of consistently trained. And when productions were resumed, uh Spoken was the first audition I got and well, like, you know, uh, everything worked well and the movie's out on Amazon Prime now.
0: Now were you a fan of horror before you got involved with this or was this kind of your first foray into this genre?
1: Well Personally, I don't like a whole lot of horror films, uh, you know. But acting in one wasn't scary, so I was fine with it. Uh, I don't know if it's completely uh, coincidental, but all my films have a little bit of a little tinge of horror in there.
0: Well, you know that's life. Feels like just in general, there's always a little horror somewhere, <laughs> even in even in the best of times. Right. So, did you get a chance to take some? Take some uh, inspiration from any of the great horror films? Has, has somebody sat you down? It's like, okay, you're going to begin, you're going to be in this horror film and it's going to be about possession. You have to watch The Exorcist. You have to watch The Omen. You have to watch these things for a specific influence, or did you go with a different direction?
1: Well, those are the stuff that the character actually, ha- well, Tyler, the character I played, ha- have to do, right? Uh, because the director does give a, a general layout on how the film is gonna look and you know he, he she does she did give the script but then you only feel, you're not gonna try to replicate what others have already shot you right. have to and then and it's a character you gotta you know see what that character brings to the story instead of trying to mimic what somebody else did and you know it's 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 imitation rather than act, you know real acting
0: Is there something about this film that will surprise the viewer that somebody that has been watching horror films, what do you think sets spoken apart from its contemporary movies?
1: I would say that the message in this film, uh, is real strong. Uh, I believe everyone who watches this will definitely like this because it's not like a, like a typical horror film where, you know, they're, there's a there's a ghost or there's a spirit where you just go in and you get scared. That's not how this film works. This is this. The story revolves around five students that go to a summer camp, uh, and then they deal with this mysterious crab attacks. And the, the film revolves on how they you know deal how they solve these mysteries, how they escape these crab attacks. And these crabs are actually triggered by the coarse language you use. So. Mm-hmm. No, it's got a real deep meaning to, uh, meaning, and I, I mean I'm pretty sure everyone would definitely
0: like this. So what you're saying is this particular camp would not be a great holiday destination for somebody who say Tourette syndrome.
1: <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so what is your favorite? part of the production process? I mean, obviously, voice acting is going to be uh, significantly different than being live and on set. Um, was there something that you maybe didn't expect about the production process that was just really neat to you the first time you were exposed to it?
1: When I first, for, when the, uh, the first time I was exposed to it, I wasn't uh, really aware that I had to wait this long between different shots. <laughs> uh, because I was like you know in voice acting you just jump from one to one, uh, like one scene after the other. So you have a schedule, you have a in a call sheet and then you go and dress, you know, you're ready to go, but by the time everything is set up, the camera operator sets up the camera, the lighting, it takes a while. And uh as a famous actor once said, they're gonna they're not, they're not paying you to act, they're paying you for you to wait. <laughs> I think it's the fun part. You get to play there.
0: I, uh, did you have any instances in the film? I mean, obviously costuming, you're going to have a, a general outfit. You're going to have your makeup no matter what, but depending upon the situation, there might be more makeup required than normal, especially in a horror film. If you get practical effects or, uh, any sort of prosthetics, did you have to deal with any of that in this particular film?
1: Not in this particular film, no.
0: Is it more of a CGI or were you just lucky enough not to have to like lose a limb on screen?
1: <laughs> I, I, I was just one of those lucky ones who didn't have to lose a limb on screen, <laughs> but there were a couple of other actors who had to. <laughs>
0: uh, so okay. I'm trying to I always try and get my questions to to not give any sort of the, the plot away, but um on a scale of say one to ten. Um you know, where where one is it's almost more of a suspense film where there's a lot more that is implied than what you see. And then where ten is going to be the biggest kind of gore fest that you're gonna see. There's near you know, blood and guts and everything. Where do you think spoken fits on that? Range?
1: Spoken is more of like a suspense with uh with uh you know, horror being sprinkled here and there. So I would though it's a suspense horror film, I would say uh I'd give it a three or four, like, you know, uh, leaning towards more of suspense and deep message rather than just gory horror film.
0: Now, this isn't the first exposure you've had to, to making a bit of horror, right? Uh, you were in With a Price?
1: Yes, and well. that was a horror film as well.
0: <laughs> right. What was, uh, what was that film uh, about?
1: Uh, so, you know, A House Was Possessed. And, uh, you know, I actually buy the house from the protagonist and how I kind of inherit the possessed spirit from that house. That's kind of the gist of the story. Uh, it was a fun little project to work.
0: Yeah, and it's a, and it's a short film, right? Yeah, not... that's right. It's a
1: short film, yes.
0: What is there a difference in the production of a short film versus a more theatrical, or is the, is the approach to it kind of the same?
1: Well... For a feature film, there are a lot more crew members. You know, a lot more moving stuff. Uh, in like a small, small, a short film or theatrical. Well, if it's a real theater, yes, it's as big as a feature film, but more. Well, more moving stuff, I would say. You know, but for like a short film, the, the crew is small, uh, and and you've you have real close relationship with one another. Where for a feature film, you're either in your uh, trailer, or you know. And especially with the COVID stuff, you are really isolated.
0: That seems like it would be a real, a real challenge. I've, I've been lucky enough to speak to a handful of different people in the industry, and the changes needed in order to ensure the maximum level of safety for the the people mm-hmm. involved uh, can be significant. Was there? Was there an aspect to how this was handled that surprised you or, or something that maybe people might not expect that you have to go through in order to be able to do this in as safe a way as possible?
1: Well, the, the production I worked with, they were really, really concerned about each and every one of the you uh, uh, persons in, in, the, in the production. The whole crew cast, they were real keen on safety. We had to do like two or three swap tests before we, get, you know, before we start the day or before you're ready for that particular uh, call sheet, and and the director was, you know, well organized. Everybody, every, I mean, it was a really great team to work with, and I, I felt really comfortable working there, uh, you know, not compromising on my safety.
0: That's that's excellent to hear because it's it's kind of a. A strange time, and uh, I, I always get a little concerned because it, it's it, it's kind of a strange analogy to make. But I don't know if you've ever watched uh, professional wrestling, and you know a lot of people say, "Oh, that's fake. What? Well, it's staged. <laughs> it's not so much fake." And it's the same thing with acting. Acting is staged, but you're still in proximity. You're 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 in a in a position where things could go wrong and uh, you try and do your best to to, to minimize that as much as possible. And it's just nice to hear that people are really doing a, a, an excellent <laughs> job so that we can continue to have more stories to distract us from the other awful things that are going on. <laughs> now, you're going to be in another project coming up called Butterflies, correct?
1: Yes. So Butterflies is a teen drama. Uh, it's, a, it's a great uh, film. I can't let out a whole lot of uh, story about it. Uh, it's going to be coming out real soon I just uh, finished the ADR a couple of weeks back uh, the film is almost about 90 to 95 percent complete uh, they have submitted the film for Sundance Film Festival really so get accepted yeah fingers crossed if it gets accepted that'd be a really good platform to actually you know uh, showcase the film and you know uh, get its recognition it deserves
0: that's really exciting. Do you so without revealing anything, do you get a chance to um since it's a teen drama. Again, we always uh, trying to get information without being too specific on the scale of 1 to 10 where uh skill 1 is uh, uh the sweet life of zach and Cody and this uh 10 is like Dawson's Creek in the level of melodrama. <laughs> where would you put? Where would you put Butterflies?
1: I I put it at 5. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not real mo. it's not real drama. It's, it's, it's a good balance between both. And it's it's directed by Kevin Stevenson, who's uh, phenomenal, and written by Ryan McCoy, whom I think is super talented.
0: The um, Okay, so whenever you're in the process of, of doing something that's more in the realm of uh, uh, drama... Obviously, chemistry is always super important in, in dealing with any of the actors that are going to be involved in a project. How how did you feel – I'm just trying to get the question from somebody that's not not familiar with the industry. When you're going through the auditioning process, what is it like to kind of have that – Do you get to see any of the behind the scene judgments like, okay, he read and we need him to read with this other person and see how they gel together? Do you feel it at that time or do you just kind of find out what they feel after the fact?
1: I've never asked any of that stuff, to be honest, and and, you know. At the scene, yes, you do. You do need that chemistry, and you know you kind of l- rehearse it a little bit before actually they're going to shoot, so that you try to build that rapport with the other person. But when you're actually auditioning, you know, it's like a one-person scene. They're just going to be focused on you. So when you do the breakdown, if you have a clear relationship with whom you're talking, I think that does the job. And I think you don't have to worry about what other people think about the way you read or the way you act. Because that's gonna mess up your mind, and you know you need to have a positive attitude and and think that this is your work, this is your drawing. If you if you're gonna change stuff, I mean, positive uh, you know changes you got to make so that it fits the story when the director says yes, you can. But if you're gonna to try to impress others by your work, you know, just to please others, it's not you're not gonna st- stay here for too long
0: that that makes sense that makes sense have you had the chance to really to flex the monologue chops yet those are always my favorite when i did theaters is the monologue here are here are 20 paragraphs you're going to talk by yourself <laughs> on don't forget anything have you had a chance to do that yet
1: uh in this film uh in butterflies i did have a a, a good bit uh in spoken uh you know it's more of like a two person scene it was it was a long scene but I think once you're in that moment, you don't really think about the words anymore, uh, because I mean you have already done your work, so you just trust the work to be there in the scene. So you don't you don't you're not thinking about oh what's my next word or you know <laughs> how do I react. So you just at the moment.
0: Do you have I got I got to ask this. Do you have a since monologues are my favorite. I always ask. Do you have a monologue uh, from any production that has stuck with you? That's kind of your favorite monologue.
1: Uh. There's quite a few. Uh, <laughs> I just recently did. Uh, well, you know Shakespeare's "To be or not to be," and uh, but I just feel like every day I say this. Elia Kazan's actor as well. Wow, I will take my rightful place on stage, and I will be myself. I'm not <laughs> a cosmic orphan, <laughs> so I say that every night and. It- Make sure, yeah, I will be heard. I will raise my voice.
0: I like it. I like it. Um, so, okay, uh, this is kind of slightly off topic, but I got to ask, and just because it seems like uh, your your field of actual interest overlaps my field of more of an intellectual interest, uh, I saw that you were uh, a martial artist. Mm-hmm. So it says jujitsu and kickboxing. How did you get into that?
1: So when I first, I'm, you know, right from, from my childhood, I was always physical. And, you know, I was, I was a, a professional soccer player at one point of time before I came to the U S and then I got injured. So I couldn't really pursue uh, that career path. Uh, so when I first came down here in new Orleans, I wanted to do something physical too. And I was just thinking of stuff that would actually add to my acting credits. And I was like, you know what? Mixed martial arts. You know? I mean. Yeah, you know, you can use it for stage combat, and it's a really good technique, and it keeps you fit. So I started tra- taking uh, jiu-jitsu lessons and kickboxing lessons, and being a soccer player, kickboxing the kicks were, you know, it did come in handy. Uh, and I did tra- train with real professional fighters, so it got well mixed martial arts to be to start with it's difficult, and when you train it with professional fighters, it's from like medium difficulty to like real hard difficulty
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh i d- i did train i was really getting good at it but then at one point of time i had to like self introspect and t- see do i want to fight or act because the f- the reason why i started this was to learn the technique so that it would be helpful for my acting not to start fighting in like real fights right so i had to like you know uh pull the intensity a little bit back <laughs> So I, I just train once in a while to you know get my techniques right because stage combat is a whole different uh ball game. You, know, you don't have to get hit. You don't get injured. So
0: No, no. In fact, it's very important not to get hit. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> now, did, did you have some favorite um did you have some favorite um fighters that were in uh productions in the past? I know personally I was I been a huge fan of Bruce Lee from, from the very uh, very beginning of my uh, life, he was he was a huge uh, impact on me in terms of uh, the manner in which he uh, was able to portray uh, the craft on the screen. Was there was there anybody that you you always kind of appreciated seeing in film that represented martial arts? Jackie Chan,
1: I always looked up to him. Like I I grew up watching Jackie Chan films, you know, and he he just brought this whole nother different perspective of using action films and comedy and and i wish i i, I want to you know meet one uh meet with jackie chan one day
0: that would be fantastic he seems like he uh he has an understanding of uh comedy and combat that that a lot of people don't uh, don't mm-hmm. ever achieve that level of understanding now did you know that jackie chan and bruce lee were in a film together
1: yes uh i think initially when actually jackie Chan started his career as a uh, as a st- uh, stuntman and bruce lee was the lead i believe like might be enter the dragon i might be wrong
0: uh that yeah is enter the dragon and he uh, accidentally hit jackie chan for real <laughs> <laughs> during the production uh it's a fantastic story uh if uh you dear listeners uh, uh like to laugh you should track that down because i'm going to mangle it if i attempt to to try and tell it but it's 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 really excellent jackie chan has on a couple of occasions uh talked about that particular thing would you love the chance to be able to do something like that in a production? Would you love to be, would you want to be like the, because it's always a hard choice to be the, the, the protagonist, you know, the ultimate hero, or maybe one of the bad guys. Would you like to, to be able to show that kind of martial arts side to your career eventually?
1: Oh, definitely. Yes. Uh, I love to, and you know, and I, and any character, I have a physical approach to any character I, I do. So I believe the mixed martial arts would really blend in with my, with my Ebon character. So (laughs) I I think I'd be able to do a good job.
0: That's uh, I would definitely, I would love to see that because any, any time you can get that kind of an interaction, it it can, it can sometimes just really elevate a scene. And even if it doesn't, it's, it's just fun, fun to see that on, (laughs) on stage to express. All right. So now we ask the questions that we always ask that have nothing to do with anything just because, Uh, of the type of podcast we do we we like to have that baseline that connecting point for for everything so something that connects everybody is food um often we like to ask the people on our show are you a pizza person and if you are what kind of pizza is your pizza
1: well i do eat pizza i love pizza uh but you know i'm more inclined towards rice so if 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 i don't i you know pizza not every day but I mean if you give me a a good pepperoni pizza with diet coke
0: (laughs) it's a good day it's a good day at any time now are you are you a New York slice kind of thin slightly greasy are you a Chicago deep dish where do you go to on pizza
1: I I like the thin crust pizza it's 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 real uh real thin real real crusty and it's it's it just melts in your mouth
0: (laughs) I like it. <laughs> it's, it's also good. There's really no wrong answer. It's a, just kind of a fantastic thing. Um, okay. Well, uh, back slightly towards the, the the entertainment side of things. Uh, a lot of what we deal with on our show, we talk about the intersection of pop culture, specifically in film and television, where uh, comics are involved, comic strips, comic books. Um, so are you a comic book fan at all?
1: uh i didn't grow up because i spent a lot of my time outdoors i didn't spend uh, uh you know a whole lot of time reading comic books when, when you know when i was raised so uh but spider-man batman the the typical heroes yes i did mm. uh read those and you know I'm, I'm i'm happy that how they're portraying spider-man now
0: it's being done very well if you had your If you had your choice, you could be any character from a comic, any film, or television show. Who would you choose, and why?
1: Well, this is I. I think the character uh, I believe in. They don't need superpowers. They because they have all the superpowers. So for that reason, because Spider-Man, he has this whole new superpower of being being you know like all these and stuff like that and you know i i uh i think i believe in a character who's like normal human being but he's still a hero and for that reason i'm going to go with jungle books mowgli
0: oh good choice good choice yeah a lot of people um a lot of people are only familiar with that character from the disney adaptation and the films that's right but the book is a lot deeper than you might mm-hmm. expect, and it's a fantastic bit of literature. And uh, is is always nice to see a slightly different interpretation. And it seems like there's so many connections because uh, the live action Jungle Book, I believe, if I remember correctly, the lead actor in that actually also played Bruce Lee in a Bruce Lee <laughs> bi- biopic. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those one of those funny coincidences. That uh, that you can sometimes find the the name of um, I'm trying to remember the name of the actor and it's it's uh, it's going to it's going to um, of course escape me now because I cannot uh, cannot always get it to to come out but as soon as you as soon as you would see him it would be it would be obvious and it's, it's kind of nice being able to. See those links that's what I want to see everybody I talk to on the show I want to see it's like I, I spoke with this guy I see him in this film and then I see him in this television show and I see him in this, those are, those are the joys of life do you have right. do you have anybody that you've watched that you did not realize at first that this person was going to be involved in project uh, uh, project and they just kind of surprised you out of nowhere
1: uh, back home uh, in India one of my good friends, I know we used to play soccer together and all of a sudden he's this huge star and I was like man what just happened you, you you were just playing soccer with me and all of a sudden you are like a really big star now and uh his name is aria uh and then you know we we played soccer for really long and you know I never expected him to be an actor in the first place uh I believe he'd say the same thing for me as well but <laughs>
0: Well, you, it's always nice to see when it can happen. Um, Jason Scott Lee, that was the name of the actor ah, that was involved. Okay. I couldn't remember it for Good the life of me. But um, so, okay. The last thing that I want to ask more than anything, I, especially when we have a chance to see people that are on the show go on to other projects, we don't always uh, get. There's so much information out there. It's hard to keep track of everything and know when somebody's going to be in a new project. So if somebody wanted to track your uh, career, what are your best contact points? Do you have social media that you're active on? Are you more of uh, uh, some other connecting point? Do you have a website that people could go to to see what's going on?
1: So uh, I'm active in social media. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My, my ID is actor Eben Anthony. Uh, e B I N A N T O N Y. So you can, you know, uh, follow me there for the latest updates on my career.
0: Woohoo. Well <laughs> we would definitely love to have you back again after after the next uh, butterflies comes out and that way we can kind of probe a little deeper since since we won't have to <laughs> have to hide <laughs> any information. And I wanna see if that actually hits uh hits where you were you were thinking it was going to be. I'm I'm really excited about Spoken. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm definitely going to watch it now. I definitely encourage our listeners to do the same thing. A good horror movie is fantastic, especially when it's more suspense than gore. At least that's my mindset because that lets the, the viewer really kind of su- mm-hmm. supply their own fear in the process that's of watching nice, it. Huh? It's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today.
1: Well, thank you so much, Ken. It was a pleasure talking to you today.
0: The same to be said. Hey there, putting People. Don't forget to check us out on our social media accounts so you can keep apprised of everything that we do any time of the day. Richard, you're most on Instagram, right? On the Gram Gram, yes. And what are we best known on Instagram as? Pudding Guys. Easy enough. In fact, that's also what we're known as on Facebook. Now I'd say we're on Instagram just a little more than we are on Facebook. You might get the occasional update there. We are most active on Twitter where we are at Real Pudding Guys. Uh, We will give you updates about the next episode that's going to be coming at the end of the week when it's released. Any other little updates to the Ultimate Comic Movie Database or the Pop Culture Death Counts will also be there. Um, Now, our most exciting changes are going to be coming up soon. We're going to have a new website called Fate, the film and television engine. We're getting close to doing the beta for that. We're still working on the alpha side. We'll be doing a little closed beta and inviting a handful of people into this. I tell you what, it's going to be really, really cool when it releases. Now, you'll be able to also hear about that on our Patreon page. What are we on Patreon, Richard? Putting guys. Pretty easy. Now, right now, it's very easy to support us. How much does it cost, Richard? $1 per month. Per month. Not per day. Per month. (sighs) Yes. $12 (laughs) for a year. Yeah. Uh, That's really not much to help support us as we release new content as we get better equipment to release the content into and when the fate engine comes out it will have its own cost and we're going to make it very affordable for everyone to be involved with this and it's going to be so cool i can't wait for you all to hear about it